step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background, we can actually answer those questions. Anyone can just start screaming about microchips and Jewish space lasers, but it's our mission to remove the bull and get down to what's real. Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live every day at YouTube.com slash The Dan Patrick Show. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Good morning to you. Welcome in. This is the Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're having a great, great day. Ryan Hollins alongside. Uh, uh, this is uh, we're, we're coming off of some awesome NBA games, an incredible performance in Major League Baseball, right? Um, and we have football stories abound. But but last night something surprising happened. Jay Wright, who did you know he's sixty years old? Like, I don't Jay know, Wright like sometimes 60? age, I could huh? ass- yeah, I mean, he's 60. I could assume it. I'm 37 now, Doug, but I could, I, yeah, I guess he's 60. I wouldn't, he don't look 60 or maybe, Jay, you know, got, you got timeless faces. Jay's got a yeah. timeless face. Well, I did, I, I'll, I'll get into it, but I did, I, I had, I watched them practice at UCLA earlier this year before they played like early in the season. And I did for the first time, I was like, well, Jay's a little older than I thought he was, you know, like I'm not, he doesn't look 60. But I just, you know, it's, you start to do the calculation. You had like, damn, he's been there a long time. Been there 21 years. He won two national championships in 16 and 18. Two, uh, four Final Four appearances. Naismith Coach of the Year twice. In the Basketball Hall of Fame, going back to last year. 
He called it quits. He walked, walked, walked away. What first thing you thought when you when you saw the news? It surprised me. You, you knew Coach K was leaving. This was the last dance for him. And I just think the fashion in which it happened surprised me. And maybe it was just like, hey, you know, he has a love for Gillespie and he didn't want to kind of come back and do it again. I, it, it caught me off guard. And 60 is still very young for, for a coach <laughs> and a coach of his stature. So I don't get the feeling that basketball is out of Jay Wright's future. Maybe he's going to just try to do some consulting, kind of float around, and maybe he'll come back to the game. But honestly, I was very, very shocked, Doug. Um, I think I was, too. I'm, like, I'm surprised, but now that I stop and take a breath, I'm like, good for him, you know? There's, there's a bunch of layers to it, okay? The, fir- the first thing is we, are, we do operate in this world where especially college basketball coaches and college football coaches, like, those guys are just lifers. Like, that's what they do. Peel me up off the sideline. Like, people, <laughs> you have people who don't yeah. believe Mike Krzyzewski will be retired. Like, he's 75 years old. He's got a gaggle of grandkids. He's got, you know, rings and Final Fours and money and fame. And he coached Team USA and he won gold medals. And you'll still get people like, no, he's, he, he, he's mad because they lost to Carolina twice. Like, I'm sure he's mad. <laughs> but, like, he's 75. Like, he's good. Just because we, yeah. you know... I mean, I was watching the Joe Paterno story that 30 for 30 last night, and what happened to Joe Paterno, obviously I don't want to get into the Penn State and, and, and that, you know, that, that tragedy, okay? but Joe Paterno, like what you remember if you covered it was he retired and then he died shortly thereafter. Like this, so many of those guys, this is their life. Yeah. And I, and I, I congratulate, like if, if Jay Wright's like, yeah, I'm good, you know, I got a ton of money. I got a house on the beach, you know, on the Jersey Shore. I'm sure he's got a house somewhere else. I can always come back. Like, and if he misses basketball, I'm sure he could do, he could do, do television. But you don't have to. It's not like he has to do a move to television. Like, what if I'm just good? What if 60 years old is enough? And then, but then there's the other aspect to it is, and I think this would be glaring is, um, is college basketball, and it's not the product as much as the process is really hard and it's really hard to do it the way that Jay has done it which is if you've ever been around them they're almost like there's a, almost a little bit of of um it, it it's almost cult like right in the repeating yes. of yes. like they go up to each other and they're like attitude 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 like that's what players will tell each other they have these little sayings and ways in which they do things and they are completely bought into the process of how they want to play. And look at look at Mikael Bridges and uh, what is it? There's only two guys in the NBA that started every game this year. They're both Nova guys, right? And then you have you know, look what Jalen Brunson is doing in the NBA yep. at 41 the other night. So what he does and how he does it works in wins and losses and works for the players. But the question is, like, is the are, are the way the way in which the sport is going? Would he be able to still do it? And even if he's able to still do it and be successful, would it not be as much fun? And you're just like, I, I guess that we don't know. We're just speculating. But how much do you think a guy walking away at 60 has to do with how his how his job is changing? Well, here, here's the deal, Doug. I covered college basketball the year prior. And those pretty much, I'd say, arguably two years of COVID, one year where the championship was canceled, it... It took a lot of the lifers 
out of the game. There's a, and, and I mean, this is just universal beyond sports. A lot of, you know, tenured positions that were just guys were just going to just live out the rest of their lives. COVID gave people a different perspective on life to where they're like, do I really want to keep doing? Like, there's a lot of people who did their nine to fives and they drove into the office and still to this day, they're like, I'm going to work from home. (laughs) I'm going to find ways to work from, I'm not going into the office anymore if needed. COVID changed a lot. And I think that's a big reason why Coach K was able to step down and Jay Wright was able to maybe look up and say, Dude, I, I want to spend more time with my family while they're here. Dude, I want to spend time with grandkids. Like, he wants to probably do things, and people got to see perspectives of themselves that they would have never been able to see. And that's why I think, like you were saying, like, Jay Wright or, or Coach K, they are willing to step away from from what they once was just a norm. Just you're just was B Villanova basketball, and that's it. And like the tax that it put on the kids. The tax that it put on the coaches, I mean, like, obviously, like, NBA has a lot of money, so they're able to do kind of the bubble. NFL is just kind of like, we're going to keep rolling around and just kind of figure it out as we go. But college sports were decimated during COVID, dude. Oh, I agree. I agree. And I think there's some of that, right? There's some of you get to, you get a little bit of sip of the good life. But I also think that we'd be, we'd be remiss if we didn't point out that, that that the way in which like coaching's hard, man. Yeah. It just is. Because yeah. <laughs> here's the way it works in college basketball, right? So, you know, you got thirteen guys on scholarship. Okay. And generally there's only a couple guys that are truly, truly happy anyway. But you know, the young guys, hey man, you're young, we're gonna grow you, you're gonna get better, you're gonna sit for a couple years, and then you're gonna play and it's gonna be your team. But now those the reason that teams don't have good benches is anybody who's sitting there is like, why would I sit here where I can go somewhere else and star and play and maybe get a check as well, right? And then the the star level players, well, they they want to go to the NBA. That's always happened, and it's it will continue to happen. And then the the mid level starters, those guys want to be stars and feel like they can be stars elsewhere. Now that's Villanova is one of kind of the classic places where guys do continue to assimilate to a ascend to a higher level. There's a totem pole and guys work their way up, right? Like Ryan Archidiakono's little brother is there and you know, eventually he'll be a he'll be a dude. And you see guys that get better in the program. But that becomes increasingly difficult to find kids and families that buy into something which feels foreign to the I want it mm. now and if I don't get it here now, I'll go somewhere else and get it there now. Yeah, the, the trans. I think the transfer portal hit another high. <laughs> like, there's so many kids in the portal 14, right now. Over fourteen hundred kids. Yeah, yeah. It's, like, I couldn't imagine being a college coach and like, you know, Doug. You know, at the generate like, if you transferred, like, it was weak. Doug, when we played, like, if you transferred, you were weak. Like, it was like you couldn't make it at where you're supposed to go. And now it's like, well, I didn't like my minutes. Like, kids transfer now. For any reason under the sun, the star player, oh, I want to play a better players. You know, the, the lower guy, I'm not getting – everybody is transferring and you're in this spot where it's tough because, hey, they're getting paid from NIL, but at the, at the same time, like, it's not like these guys are under contract, but as far as getting up and going, it just happens and the grass seems to always be greener on the other side. So as a coach, you don't have that power. 
And then you fall into a situation, Doug, you know it. Do I sacrifice my culture for a kid, for sure. one player? Sure. And to and, keep and, them and, along, right? Yeah, no, that, that, that's, that's, that's a brilliant statement. And, like, look, people forget. You go back, I think it was 2013, right? That was, they were coming off of the, the, the Kyle Lowry Final Four, and they had the best recruiting class ever, and he felt like they sacrificed their culture. They had number one recruiting class, and those guys, they couldn't win with those guys. And he got back to what he calls, what they call OKGs, our kind of guys. Right? Mm, yeah. And, and get the kind of guys that, that they want to do it the way we want to do it. And, and what they, what they turned around the program. They've dominated the new Big East. And they've been to, multi, you know, to, they've been to three more Final Fours and won two national championships. And they, they've changed it. But that, that, you know, finding guys that want to do it that way becomes increasingly difficult. And, and then I think, I, so I don't think there's any one reason. I mean, I would guess, though, that the main reason is just like, you're like, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm done. And, and, you know, you'll get people who say, well, then he coached the Lakers. And he, I just, I don't see it. I don't, it just, mm. again, that, that would be sacrificing everything that he had done and built and how he had done and built it to take a shot at something like the Lakers. I think when you Ooh. walk away and you say, I need some space and time, you just need space and time. Now, now, Doug, what if, I'm not saying that nothing's impossible, if he, what if LeBron reached out and just like, hey, like, I'm on board. Like, let's do this. Like, that's a, like, you got, in NBA, you got to be on par with, with players. And I, I, and I think it's far-fetched, but, I mean, that could be a, a different element where a, a big game guy, and I'm sure LeBron is going to be along this, hopefully inc- included in this coaching process for the Lakers, and say, "Hey, like, let's get on the same page. Let's let's work things out." And I, I tell you one thing: from playing in the NBA, from playing college basketball, and Jay Wright was there. We never got a chance to compete against Nova, but you always know, and you alluded to this, Doug, earlier. Like, you always know that Nova guys in the league, like Jay Wright, creates pros. His concepts: Hey, get in the lane, be a basketball player, be tough. One through five, interchangeable. Knocking down a three, putting the ball on the deck, defending, pressuring the basketball, recovering, not needing help. You know, just there's a lot of elements of what Jay Wright teaches that is very transferable. You know, he creates champions. You know, he creates Bunsen, Laurie, all those guys. I, I agree in terms of their skill development and really fundamental development. Yes, and I agree in terms of how they play. I mean, like, look if the if we were give the secret sauce, he runs like five plays, and yeah. basically, <laughs> yeah. you no, know, I mean, like, really, like, yeah. I, I can I could draw them up, I could tell you what they were, and you would nod, you go like, oh yep, yeah, yep, yeah, we yep. could do those, <laughs> but but the the space and the movement, and and so I I do think there's a simplicity in it, and the idea of interchangeable pieces that works, and Jay though he's incredible has been incredibly successful. And well regarded and well paid, and obviously everybody talks about how smooth he looks in the the suits. He doesn't walk in carrying the ego that some college coaches mm. do. He he does not. So that would work. The way in which they play defensively would be completely counter to how they play defensively. Most times he they 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 load up and help, um, and so th- that would have to change. And I I think it could be changed, but the big thing is like man. What's what allowed Nova to be great was culture, and culture is built over time, and with consistency. And what's been missing from the Lakers is, among other things, that you can't have any culture if you're constantly changing pieces every year. 
And I just don't know if you can have culture when you have guys that have been pros for 15, 20 years and been successful and have hundreds of millions in the bank. Like those, those guys, I, you know, I, I don't know how that I don't I don't think that works. But I do think like if I'm Brian, like that's a call. That's a call I make. Hey, man, you want to talk about this? And if he says no, he says no. But you got to can we have a conversation about it? That would be fascinating. I don't think he does it. I don't think it's a great fit. Right? I think there's there are other fits that are better. I, I think, you know, finding that last coach for LeBron is going to be a task. Mm. Do you want somebody who is a contemporary in a Juwan Howard? And that would mean Juwan Howard would have to leave behind the chances of coaching both of his, two of his sons. Right? Do you, I mean... I don't. I don't know where they. I don't know if there's an answer. Like I don't think Doc Rivers. Everybody has said Doc Rivers because there's new management, right? In in Philadelphia, and maybe if they lose in the next round, everybody gets unhappy. But do we think Doc Rivers definitely would want that? I don't think Nick Nurse would want that. Like, there's not a ton of options that make complete sense. Yeah. No. I'm not. I'm not yeah. I, you know. I'm not sure. <laughs> if you retired at sixty. This is the big question. Ryan Hollins, Doug Gottlieb, Dan Pastor's show. You retired at 60. Like, you wake up the next day. Like, my only thing with retirement is, like, well, you know, I'm going I'm to fish and I'm going to hunt. Like, all right, what do you do the next day? What are you doing the first week you're, you're off the clock? Like, do you look at your cell phone? Or do you like, I'm retired. I'm not even going to look at my phone. I'm just going to go, like, what, Ryan Hollins, what do you do? If I, if I retire? Yeah. I'm going to spend time with my kids. <laughs> <laughs> 60 years old I'm just wondering what you what you do like the, I mean I guess you just go play just golf 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 and you yeah. just go to a beach and and it would just be weird to not have when you've always done something to not do something we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later if you're a valued customer you deserve a simple gesture of appreciation from your credit card company and that's why Discover matches all the cash back you've earned at the end of your first year Discover exception common sense learn more discover.com slash Match limitations apply. Bubba Wallace returns to the track, um, and he won his first cup race this past weekend. He's going to join us next. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. 
and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip, who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way. A brand new show from My Heart Podcast where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Bublé's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everybody, including sitting presidents. So join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before. Tell it like it is, and even sing a song or two. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background, we can actually answer those questions. We break open modern-day conspiracies and tell you which elements may be the real deal. Like, did Bill Gates use COVID vaccines to microchip us all? We all do have tracking devices. Mm -hmm. We carry them around. We spend a lot of money on them. And what's actually on Hunter Biden's laptop? You are talking to the guy that has three of Hunter Biden's laptops and cell phone. And what did the deep state build under Denver airport? Do you think there are secret bunkers? That's just on my list of questions I have about Jesse Ventura. It's our mission to get to the heart of these conspiracy theories and figure out the why, the how, and especially the if. Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Doug Gottlieb, Brian Hollins in for Dan the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show, Fox Sports Radio. Um, so last weekend, NASCAR did something pretty cool. Okay, so Bristol Motor Speedway. Uh, which has those just those those high pitched ovals, right? They they raced on dirt. They raced on dirt, and um, what uh, what you may have missed was uh, Tyler Reddick was was he was about to get his first win. He gets gets tangled up, crashes. Kyle Busch comes in and wins the race. And there's this there's this photo that was on social media of Bubba Wallace, and uh, of course Bubba Wallace. Um, joins us now on the Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Bubba, consoling Tyler after the race. Bubba, thanks so much for joining us. Hope you're really, really well and had a had a great Easter weekend. What'd you say to Tyler after the race? Yeah, good morning. Um, you know, I've I've been uh, Reddick and I have had a couple run-ins throughout our career, um, but we we were we were somewhat teammates. Um, the last few years and so getting to know Tyler and understand who he is and how he races uh I've definitely respected his craft and his uh his experience coming up through and I found out that Tyler and I raced against each other um hell when we were kids and I didn't even realize that until I seen a a results sheet from back in 2004 or 5 so I thought that was pretty interesting um but uh seeing how he's been close he's been close a lot of times this year and a few times last year 
um, to get in that first win. I mean, I know how special the first win is and, and, uh, and how long it takes and how hard it is to get. And uh, I was, unfortunately, um, we had motor problems there at the end of the race. So I was a few laps down and the leaders had just passed me going into three. So I seen it all happening and unfolding and I was like, oh no. And uh, I thought he had enough to enough gap to get back going and, and Kyle Busch just beat him out. And so I can only feel, you know, what he was going through or imagine what he was going through. But when I walked up to him, he was, he was okay, you know, and, and I heard his comments, um, you know, on the radio, his radio transaction. Um, and he's a lot like me and, and looking at scenarios where, well, why did I put myself in that situation to let that happen? And so it's a lot of self-reflect instead of being mad at someone else. Um, it was like, well, yeah, I never should have let him get that opportunity to do that to me. And so I, I respected him even more after that. So wow. I just told him, like, hey, man, keep the faith, and uh, it's going to happen rather sooner than later. Bubba, how are you so, somebody sort of a teammate? What is that like? I, that, how does that work? Say that again, sir? You said hey, we were sort of teammates the past couple of years. Oh, yeah. What does sort of teammates so, mean? So I, I raced for uh, Richard Petty uh, sure. in the 43 for um since 2018 to 2020 and uh we had an uh, an affiliation with uh, richard children's racing so who tyler drove for and so once he got to the cup level we were in debrief meetings we were talking about our cars and stuff because we had that that relationship and that affiliation so they were they were helping us uh, rcr was like the mothership kind of like how we are right now with 2311 and jgr kind of being the mothership Bubba, first off, Ryan Hollins, you're a big fan, brother. Big fan. Love, love your work, man. So you talk, Michael Jordan left you a voicemail, man. How, how did you miss MJ's call, dude? And, like, are there any more stories? Because your story in Celebrity just kind of blew up. I don't want to say overnight. I respect the crap. But you are, like, the household name of NASCAR. Like, how did that come about? And are there any other cool stories that we don't know about where you're like, dude, this is – this is bigger than me. Yeah, no, there was, um, you know, a lot of stuff that went on in 2020, uh, you know, at Talladega. Obviously, that got my name out there, and and uh, which I indirectly, you know, wanted to be a part of. Uh, just so happened to be at the forefront of all that. And, um, you know, that, that really, you know, kind of put a spotlight on who I am and who I am as a driver and as a person. Um, and then, you know, we come back and win at Talladega, uh, last year and that just kind of ramped things up again. And, uh, I think I, I left my phone in the bus. Um, usually I take it out to pit road with me, but this was a Monday race. It was a rescheduled race because of the rain. And, uh, it was just me and the dog chilling. And so I left my phone in the bus and, uh, after, after the race was called, shoot, I didn't get my phone until like two hours after. Uh, I forgot the numbers that I had. I think it was, I don't know, I think it was 400 text messages or uh, <laughs> something around that. And then about 40 missed calls and about 20 voicemails. And one of them was MJ. So I think he called, you know, right, right when they called the race, but I didn't have my phone on me. So that's the reason I missed it. But, um, but yeah, I think, you know, so with those things happening and then obviously this Netflix documentary that we dropped uh, in late February this year, um, just continue to, to rise my name. And so it's been cool to see. It's definitely gone through a lot of ups and downs and, 
and uh, my, my mentions and comments are, are, are getting less hate, which is good. I think that's more because of the block button that I use all the time. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, I think you just you deal with things as they come at you in that moment and learn from it and move on. Uh, yeah, so, so you block, you don't mute? Like, what's the decision? Like, do I block, do I mute? I have friends that say mute, muting sometimes fun, blocking sometimes fun. What's the, what's the, the breakdown of block-to-mute ratio? No, if I see ignorance, which that's 100% of what it is, I just block them. Yeah. So yeah, it's what's, funny. What's, what's the point, right? Exactly. People are coming at you with a inanimate object as their profile picture. So it's like, man, these guys. <laughs> no, the, the best is when you click on their bio and it's like Christian loving, like, well, excuse yes. me. Right? <laughs> like, it's, yeah, it's, man, it's just like, what, what are these people like? They have a lot more time, but they obviously don't want to spend it wisely. Um, okay, so so you let you, obviously you can't text and drive, right? That's right. And you, so, but but how? I I I this is and this is completely interesting to me, and I don't know if it's interesting to you guys. Like, I find that during times in which I can't text, like it's it's actually like freeing. Like I don't I want I I coach youth basketball on the weekends like an AU program. Like I yep. one time I coached like four games. Like man, why do I feel so good today? I was like man, I haven't been on my phone all day. But yep. when you get done with the race, how how much do you fiend to get to get on that on that thing uh, to communicate with with the rest of the world? Yeah, uh, I mean it's it's pretty quick for me. But at the same time, it's like ah, oh, we had a bad race. Let me stay off social media before I see something that pisses me off more, or I say something wrong that's going to piss off the team or the sponsors. So sometimes I'll just answer a few text messages. Or hell, the new thing now is playing Wordle. So we're, we're always, Amanda and I, my fiance, we're always at a competitive level of who's going to get Wordle the fastest. And so um, other than that, man, you know, it's just just catching up on, I guess, uh, not really emails because I'm terrible. I have uh, 7,000 emails that I haven't opened up. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So so um, have you ever gotten Wordle in two words? Yes, yeah, so I've gotten it uh, three or four times. Wow. And now what's your streak? Have you ever not gotten it? Uh, I have. I have. Uh, I got a new phone recently. Oh, that's uh, the worst. I did it, too, and it resets your thing, and you're like, wait, I had a str- I was on 31 in a row. What happened? Yeah, it, it reset. So right now, I think I am uh, I think I'm on a pretty good streak. Uh, I am. I'm on 31 current streak right now. No losses, which is good. My most common is 10, or is, is four. Ten, 10 tries on four. All right, we'll make sure you guys check out the Geico 500 at Talladega Super Speedway this Sunday at 3 p.m. Eastern on Fox. Bubba, let me ask you something, man. In in the NBA, you always get a feel like, hey, we we got a chance to win a championship this year. And Doug knows this, even beyond this, like, everything has to go right. The culture has to be good. No nonsense off the floor. The guys need to vibe. If you have anything going on, like you got to put it aside. Like, how hard is it from your standpoint – with your team to go out and win win a race like does everything have to go right like is it a, there's a little bit of fortune i believe sometimes in those championship runs like when you won what does it come down to and how hard is it really it's it's really relatable to uh to to the other other leagues and um you know there's we've had i think nine nine races so far this year uh, out of 36 and and I've made a few mistakes. I crashed in our car in California in practice. That put us behind. Um, I, I've had three, you know, three loose wheels um, that, that, that have cost us a lot and just other mistakes that we just haven't. 
as a team, we haven't been uh, firing on all cylinders. And um, if you didn't know that in, in motor racing, if all cylinders are not firing, then you're usually having a bad day, uh, whether that's uh, metaphorically or actual. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think we, we just got to do a lot of cleaning up and, and, and looking at how we can be better and a lot of self-reflect. That's what Denny's big on is, is yeah, there's, there's mistakes that, that happen that are out of your control, but at the same time, you got to self-reflect and see how you can be better in those instances as well. So I appreciate that, that wisdom from him. And that makes you be better because, you know, everybody, it's easy for everybody to point the blame at one thing that, especially when it's not your fault, but in, in this world, we are a team and we all, surround each other and try to uplift everybody when they do make that mistake. So, um, so we just have to get everything going. I mean, it seems like when a race is going really well, something happens, you know, we were running okay at Bristol last weekend and, uh, you know, we had our motor overheating problems that put us four or five laps down. And so that was, that was the end of our day. Uh, so it's just little things like that. It seems like the, the bad luck streak is, is following us. So hopefully we can break that this weekend at, at our best track. Yeah, but you, you, you won here at a track that you, you know, you won with a damaged car last time around. Last thing, and I know you got to go. I was just looking online. There's these new Air Jordan 1 stashes. Have you guys seen these? It's like almost like a fanny pack on the back of Air Jordan 1s where you can, like, you could put, Bubba, you could put your cell phone in or, or stash. Like every everyone in sports is now going back to the old school Air Jordans. Your go tos, your your go to Jordans. Just tell me what they are. Uh, for me, I, I'm I'm Columbia man. I, I represent Columbia, so uh, it, it's different game. Everybody thinks you know being on the team with with MJ, we're, we're the Jordan brand, but we, we've we've formed a great relationship with with Columbia Sportswear, and and I've I've been rocking that so. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I have a couple pair of J's, but uh, I think the the ones are the easiest to to go about. But it's all about Columbia in this. I household. like the Columbia, like the Columbia gear. Hopefully, we see you in checkers this weekend on Fox. Bubba, thanks so much for joining us. Be safe, okay? All right, thanks, guys. I all right, right. But, but Bubba Wallace joining us. I, I thought that was it was a cool moment last week when 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 a guy crashes and I, he goes up to him. And he, I think he thought he was consoling him. He's like, Nah, I'm good. I'm 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 good. I'm good. By the way, have you seen these Air Jordan stashes? No, I, no. I, I check check my right Twitter. Now. I just like I don't. I mean, it feels kind of obvious. They, it feels kind of obvious what what some dudes will use them for. I guess you can use them for cash. Just you put cash in. That's actually good for you, for cash for your kid, right? Because they they take off. And now all you got to do have your cell phone. I don't know if you can fit your cell phone in that thing. Huh. Um, I like them. I just hey. bought I just bought some ones recently, some Jordan ones. Yeah, which ones? They were they're like a denim in red. There's, there's yeah. so many different. I think the ones have to be the most I guess color friendly or different models. But uh, yeah, like a like a denim in red. I hadn't bought some shoes in a long time. I I guess I spoiled myself. But yeah, no, these I, I'd rock them. <laughs> no, it, it's it's got to be weird. Like for people to understand when you're a hooper and especially at Ryan's level, like. I would guess there was twenty years where you never bought never bought sneakers. Yeah, yeah, no, you know it, you know it, and you don't have to worry about Jordans and stuff like that. No. And it kind of really irritated me to a sense because as a kid, I would spend my last money or money we didn't have to, you know, get that one pair of Jordans. But yeah, I've got like crates and boxes full of Jordans, and you know, thank God they're timeless, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, like, dude, you weren't. I don't even know. Were you even alive when the Air Jordans ones came out? Because, because. This, I was just this, born. The year I was born, 84. Man. So, 80, I think it was 80, it must have been 85. Uh, 
Now it was a little bit later, a little bit later on. They were still out like in eighty. I think it was like eighty six or something. And I actually shared a pair. No, it might have been eighty five. I shared a pair of Jordans with my sister. Oh my so, gosh! Yeah, she was in ninth grade playing junior high basketball. My dad was like, "Look, I we I can't be buying. You want some game shoes? You guys can both buy game shoes. We'll you'll share them." Okay, so we we wore the same size at the time. She's five years older than me, and we we shared a pair of Jordans. The only problem was. Her junior high, ninth grade was junior high school basketball then, and they played outdoors. Oh. And so, like, she's like, oh, here's, I was like, what are those? You tore up my shoes. Uh. Tore up my <laughs> shoes. Tore up my Jordans. Um, all right. Uh, 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 I, I'm Coming up next, I want to get into this uh, with, with you, Ryan. I had uh, Stanley Johnson, who made the Lakers this year, on a po- my podcast. And I had, we had Robert Ori on. Jay Stu, was this two days ago, right? It was two days ago on the Dan Patrick Show. Okay? And both of them had kind of the same perspective on Russell Westbrook and the Lakers. And I'm interested in your perspective. Okay? What, do you, what do you do if you're the Lakers and you have a guy who's a former MVP, three straight years, he averaged a triple-double. Right? We're talking about Jordan. He's a Jordan brand guy. But what do you what do you do if you're the Lakers and you have that gigantic contract that'll be one year left? Wait to hear what both of them said about Russell Westbrook and what they would do, and then I'll get your reaction. With Ryan Hollins, I'm Doug Gottlieb. This is the Dan Patrick Show. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. (gasps) No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip, who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way. 
a brand new show from My Heart Podcast where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Bublé's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everybody, including sitting presidents. So join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before. Tell it like it is, and even sing a song or two. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background, we can actually answer those questions. We break open modern-day conspiracies and tell you which elements may be the real deal. Like, did Bill Gates use COVID vaccines to microchip us all? We all do have tracking devices. Mm -hmm. We carry them around. We spend a lot of money on them. And what's actually on Hunter Biden's laptop? You are talking to the guy that has three of Hunter Biden's laptops and cell phone. And what did the deep state build under Denver Airport? Do you think there are secret bunkers? That's just on my list of questions I have about Jesse Ventura. It's our mission to get to the heart of these conspiracy theories and figure out the why, the how, and especially the if. Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fox Sports Radio, along with uh, Ryan Hollins, I'm Doug Gottlieb. We'll get you back to the top of the hour, at the top of the hour as Boston comes back to Beat the Nets down 17. They come back and beat the Nets. Take a commanding two games to none lead. Shohei Otani's got a brilliant night and how we balance that off uh, against uh, Clayton Kershaw getting pulled last week with a, uh, with, a, with, a, with a perfect game. But I want to ask you, Ryan, about uh, one of the conundrums in sports in the upcoming offseason, right? It's like, what do you do if you're the Lakers? And what do you do with Russell Westbrook? Robert Ory joined us two days ago. He said this about Westbrook. Um, you, it's, it's about getting a chance to go out there and play and do things. You, if you could, I, I can't name all the guys, but there's a history of guys that have been playing for other clubs up in age, but there's been a history of guys that have gone on to other teams and floors because the system didn't fit them. And I, I think with Westbrook, um, he has to be a, a person that is in a situation where he can dominate the ball. And I, I don't think he and LeBron had enough time on the court together where they can understand who's going to dominate the basketball. And I, I think um, LeBron should defer to Westbrook last season a little more because LeBron is so dynamic without the ball. He can post up. He can do all these other things. But it was it was hard from day one because, you remember, they never played together. They only played like 20 games together, meaning the Big Three and AD. So it was a hard situation. Yeah, you heard me reacting in the background. I'm like, more of Russell Westbrook and putting him on the basketball is to, is that is it the system? Is it the time together that'll fix it? Is that what you do? Look, there, man. There's a lot of factors in this equation, and you know, I, I talked about it earlier, Doug. The middle class was gone, the injuries mounted up, and the thing about me playing, I played against LeBron. I, I played against Russ. Russ like my little brother. 
both those two have had success, the most success in their careers when they have defenders around them, when they have a shot blocker, a cleanup guy, uh, two guys on the wing, three and D guys, two guys committed to defending. Um, when you have the ball in your hands and you're high usage, you can't afford to play the same level of defense that you'd like to. So you need people around you cleaning up your mistakes. Uh, when we played, uh, the Rockets played, and I covered the game um, and called the game, um, the Lakers this year, you would see a play happen, and then you'd kind of see Westbrook and LeBron look at each other, and it's like, well, I'm not the hustle guy. I'm not going to dive on the floor. You know, you're you going to dive on the floor? <laughs> you know, there's there's kind of only one of those guys that you can have on the floor at the same time. And I think what Russ does is going to work for Russ. And he's been in systems, which I agree with Rob said, that have worked for him. But I think the Lakers, if they're going to come together, they're going to have to figure out, hey, th- this is what it is. You're going to have the coaches say, if, you, if Russ stays, this is how it's going to work. And I think even bigger than that, from a, from a human aspect, from a player aspect – uh, Doug, and you know this, if the word is I'm going to be moved and I'm not going to be in the organization or with the team anymore, which is respectable because that happens. It's sports. There's no hard feelings. And I know, Russ, there's no hard feelings with that. And then I'm not moved and you come back to the locker room, it's a very awkward situation. It's very it's very touchy. It's kind of like uh, it, it's it, it's the, the pink elephant in the room always. And I think that's what you really saw in the second half of the season with the Lakers. So they're going to have to figure out a decision. And I don't think they're beyond keeping Russ and trying their best to make it work ultimately. But you're going to have to have one of those just keep it real moments where everybody sits down, irons out their differences and talks and gets on the same page. And you could tell that mentally and emotionally that was a team that had been you know, kind of distant from each other and it ended up showing on the court. I don't think there's any question. They were not cohesive. You know, you start talking about moving pieces and guys take it personal, and not every guy is going to, uh, uh, not not every guy is going to handle that well. But even if they do handle it well and work it all out, like his shooting has gotten worse, not better. He he's he's not the defender that his reputation would tell you he is. And why would you play him on the ball when you have LeBron James? Like that doesn't make any sense. And, well, here, and there's just, I mean, he can't shoot, so you're kind of playing four on five. I don't, I don't, I don't know how you, I don't know how you double down on it. I just, I just don't like. Yeah, I, yeah. We, well, here's the here's the give and the take. You brought in Westbrook because you knew what you wanted was, let's say LeBron sits twenty or so games. You wanted a guy who can go and at least, you know, win seventy five percent of those games or or win the games you're supposed to win with LeBron not in the lineup. And it didn't happen. And you, you, what was LeBron needing? Energy, someone to get up and down, someone to push the ball, get easy baskets. That was kind of the mindset, but not having Anthony Davis, who really would have been Russ's best friend, because Russ loves to pass. He loves to set people up. And what Anthony Davis loves is to be set up. Anthony Davis can play a lot of one-on-one, but, Doug, we know this. Anthony Davis is one of the better finishers in the league. He can pop out and shoot the three. He can dive. He can rim roll. He can play off of the basketball. It would have been a good fit. But – you just never got to see enough of those guys on the floor. And like I said, I'm going to allude to it again. That middle class being gone, the hustle guy, the 3 and D guy, the, you, you know, the, the James Joneses, the Mike Millers, the, you, you know, hey, the Amon Shumperts that LeBron has had or, you know, hey. Even I mean, look, they had, look, they had, 
Ryan, they had KCP and they had Alex Crusoe. Those are their two best perimeter defenders. Yep, and they're gone. Okay. <laughs> and th- those guys, are, those guys are gone. It it changes everything. Changes everything. And replaced with Russell, who's not a good defender. And, and you can and and I you can tell me I'm, I would respect if you told me I'm dead wrong. All right, I respect you. You covered every game and you played in the league, or whatever. But from what I've seen and what I've been told is it's more it's a reputation thing. When the reality is. Screws up reputation, uh, screws up rotations, dies on screens. You know, plays hard in spurts, but there's a lot of times in which it ain't great. Plus, he's had four knee surgeries. He's in his mid-30s. He's been a superstar. He hasn't had to do a lot of those little things that other guys have to do. Right? LeBron's not the same defender. Um, it, it, Anthony Davis being hurt absolutely derailed him. But I agree. The idea was, hey, LeBron sits or LeBron's on the bench, and they need somebody to carry him. The problem is that Russell Westbrook can't carry anymore. The league, you have to be able to shoot the basketball. He's a, not a good finisher. He's a high turnover guy, and the shooting has gotten worse, not better. Like, I just don't see it. Here's the thing about Russ's defense that I'll clear up. Russ is allowed to gamble when he's on the floor with four other guys who play solid, or you got a Steven Adams who he's had, or, you know, when he was younger, a guy, Nick Collison on the back line. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Like, when I played with Tony Allen, I knew I had to, Tony's an amazing defender, but I knew I had to sacrifice my gambling instincts or my instincts to kind of get out of position and take a risk because I knew Tony was going to take a risk. I knew that Tony would be guarding a shooter, and at the last moment, he was going to shoot the gap. So I would have to open up so that Tony Allen could shoot a gap. So when you bring that up, transfer it over to Russell Westbrook, Russell Westbrook was a good defender. He could make certain plays, obviously, with with health and defense comes with a lot of effort because you had four guys behind him that would cover up those mistakes or be solid. And, you know, I've always believed that great passers have great instincts to get steals. So much like LeBron, LeBron can get out in the passing lane and go get a slam dunk. You know, they can make those reads because, you know, you got four of the guys behind you that have to play solid. So. In those terms, yes, you will see great defensive plays out of those two because they're they're big, they're strong, they're athletic, and then, yeah, you're afforded to make those gambles that you normally may not be able to make. So when Westbrook now gambles and he's on the floor with LeBron or a unit that's not cohesive, it looks very glaring, where before on those other OKC teams, it just looked like, okay, he made, he made a hustle play, they scrambled, and then the team kind of figured it out behind him, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I get it. I mean, that's how the, all those teams are built, you know. When Iverson went to the finals, that team was built where everybody else was great defenders and he could just try and get steals. I yes. Mean, and, and obviously, Steph has never been even what Russ was at his peak, but that's really the that's kind of what Golden State has always been able to do, where he's able to – they don't switch, and he can occasionally float and get a steal, but you hide him a little bit, and then you have four other dudes because he brings so much at the offensive end I just don't know if what he brings at the offensive end is good enough, and I don't think that they have the other, you know, parts defensively, as you pointed out, to 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 make up for that. It is a if 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 it if you're if Rob Palinka calls you and says, "Do we move him? Or we keep him?" And I know it's not that simple because you got to get something back in return. What would your first reaction be? Best deal, uh, best deal. If we can move him, we get the right deal. Um, we're gonna make that play. And we'll take the wiggle room, but you're not going to move them just for anything, you know. And this is what is tough with the Lakers. There is a deal on the table, but the Lakers didn't want to give up a first-round pick. 
So it's like, yeah, we've kind of been strapped for first-round picks, and now do we go deeper into the hole, or do we come back and make this thing work? I I think they may be – I don't want to say – I don't think they have options. I think they may have to make it work, Doug. Like, like seriously, it may not be on the table. All right, we'll get to that upcoming um... – Coming up next, the Nets blew a 17-point lead to lose Game 2. Can the Nets get it back? Find out next, Dan Patrick Show. Infinity Presents, a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 